0: We have hit the record button, and we are cranking, recording, 4K, great sound, all the good things. I can't wait to introduce my guest today. She is an absolute badass serial entrepreneur. She puts the serial in serial. She is constantly creating innovative companies, businesses all over the place. She's a sales leader, a tech enthusiast, a tech leader, host of the Founder Mind podcast, uh, 24 plus episodes, CEO and founder of Zvook, Anna Rotala, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Casey. Great to be on the show. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, yeah, And it's great to be able to take a time out from all these things we're doing to just take a step back and talk about this thing we love in podcasting. So I can't wait to dive into it when you ask you this question. So Anna, pull back the curtain for us on your show and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast.
1: Yeah, so my show Founder Mind is really my audio journal. It's like a diary where I share my founder journey, especially being an immigrant founder. I'm actually originally from Finland, have lived in the U.S. for uh, the past four years. Uh, I have been building Zvoog for for a few years now. And so I really wanted to share uh, kind of the day-to-day and all the reflections and thought processes that I have as a founder, because I realized how important it is for other people who are building businesses to hear the kind of content that they can really, uh, uh, really kind of, um, uh, you know, relate to. Um, and we have a lot of these conversations with some of my founder friends. We send each other audio messages back and forth all the time. And I thought, you know what? Well, why don't I just make it into a podcast? And so I share very candidly uh, my experiences and my and my thoughts. And you know, there are examples of some of the investor conversations I've had and 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 some of the other things that I've gone through. Um, and so I think my biggest Tip and my best tip on on this the the strategy for a great podcast is authenticity. Be authentic, right? Because people buy people. They don't really care so much about what your journey is like. Is it a successful one? Is it not successful? Is it slow? Is it fast? Really, you sharing very authentically about your journey, uh, be it your journey or whatever your topic is, right? Um, I think some people make the mistake of trying to. Uh, really build content around the audience. And I think that's not the right way to go, right? Because at the end of the day, your audience is going to gather around the topic, right? So you should be talking authentically about the topic, and then the audience is going to grow around that. People that are going to resonate with that topic, and somebody who isn't, is probably not going to listen to your podcast. And that's fine too, right? You're making the content authentically about something that you're passionate, excited about, and then people gather around that and they really buy that story and that content. And another thing I think especially if you have guests on your podcast, make sure that it's conversational, right? Oftentimes people, you know, you hear podcasts where you ask one question and then the guest is, is responding and then there's another question. And That's like not as fun to listen to because imagine if you and I now went out for, you know, a coffee or a drink or a dinner, we'd be having a conversation, right? It's not like, I'm interviewing you or you're interviewing me, right? We have a conversation and that's what I think the best podcasts are all about. It feels like the listener is a part sitting at that table, having a conversation. So be authentic and be conversational.
0: The image of us just hanging out at a great restaurant, back and forth. You say, <laughs> oh yeah, I say something. Uh, man, it, joining in listening to that is so much more interesting than... Uh, thank you for your your answer. Now, my next question for you is is yep. X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, and I feel like the audience is out there listening going, God, I, I wanted to hear more about that. Like, yeah. they have a follow-up question and they're, they're dying for you to ask that on their behalf, you know?
1: I agree, I agree. And really and, and you will see that in your listenership numbers, right? When you start a podcast, the first couple of episodes, you always have the most, you know, people kind of, all your friends and your family and people, who, right. your colleagues and right. whatever, right? Everybody's tuning yeah. in. And then you see if you're able to actually keep it up or grow, you're doing great. If your numbers listen, listenership numbers actually dive, then you know that something's not really quite there, and oftentimes it's this style of being very, very you know, and I know it's like a scary thing, sort of podcast, but at the end of the day, you know just thinking about it as a conversation with someone makes it a lot easier i think yeah
0: and and what what makes it like if you think about How do you make it more like that dinner and less like some sort of televised news interview? What are some of the things that either help with that or hurt you when you're trying to make it a conversation?
1: Mm. I think that especially in the beginning, you may want to really think about the guests that you, you invite because while you're still, especially if you're still kind of practicing this whole conversational approach. Pick people that you know are going to give you a bit of a story that's going to jump in, that's going to, you know, make a joke or have a laugh or they're they're a little bit, maybe they, uh, you know, are used to being on podcasts, right? So if you choose someone who is very nervous, who's never been on a podcast, it's going to be really hard for both of you. So really take the first guess as, some, as people who actually are a little bit more conversational, a little bit more, less nervous, you know. Um, and then, just honestly, I mean, I know that people say this a lot, but but really, press that record button and then kind of forget about it being on. You know what I mean? And maybe you need to practice a couple of times, right? Maybe do a couple of like, you know, dry runs, uh, so to say, with with you know whoever your friends, somebody who uh, you know you 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 could just practice with, um, and then really hit that record button and forget about it. I remember even when I was doing, you know, my first. It, I mean, back in the days when I was doing my first you know, podcast interviews, I remember I wanted to sound so smart and I wanted to sound, you know, I'm like this founder and I'm smart and I'm answering whatever. And then whenever the host would hit like, okay, pause, thank you so much for the interview. And we would just chit chat. I would be so much more myself because I'm like, this is not recording anymore. But everybody, I think, has that little fear of the record button somehow.
0: (laughs) You know, I can't tell you how many times as a podcast host, I finished a podcast and then man, I have some of the best conversations. I know. And and you're like, I wish those were recorded. And to your point. Yeah. Like sometimes people are nervous. And and so we have to make sure we don't do that as hosts. Um, But you mentioned something that was really interesting. The idea of, Hey, I'm a founder. I'm smart. And, and that kind of, it, it makes you want perfection. And I've encountered this one time when I, Made the mistake of trying to write out the best way of saying things, and I've done this for like a TED talk where you can perfect it. But then the problem is, as soon as you perfected it, it makes it really hard to do anything but exactly the way you scripted it, because then it just sounds not as good. And but talk to me about that that feeling where you you want people to hear it and think you sound smart. Yeah, you know.
1: I think we all probably have that. And as a founder and CEO, maybe even more, right? Because you're like, I don't know who's listening. Maybe a potential investor is listening. Maybe a potential employee is listening, right? So Mm -hmm. whatever I say, however I sound, and I personally, I'm a very lively person and I talk and I'm loud and I use my hands a lot and all that stuff. And I somehow felt like I had to tune it down so that people would take me seriously, right? It's like, oh, is this the CEO I want to work with? Is this the CEO I want to invest in? Until I really realized that whenever I would listen back to any of my interviews, I'm like, that doesn't really even sound like me. That sounds like some boring girl that I definitely don't want to work for. I definitely don't want to invest in. I definitely don't want to, you know, even listen to. And so I really learned to let go of that feeling of I have to be somehow perfect or so smart. Like I am smart. The way I talk, it's okay. I don't have to quote unquote smart it up, right? I mean, I'm building a business, so... There are a lot of things that I I know how to do. And so really making sure that I give people access to my personality actually serves me way, way, way better than trying to be, um, you know, somebody else. And so I've really kind of let go. And, and, you know, even when I started recording my own podcast, right, I in the very first episode, I've recorded a couple of times, right? I recorded one time and they're very short episodes, right? They're like... Okay. 10 minutes long, what that because it's an audio journal, right? So I don't want to ramble for like half an hour. And I've recorded the first episodes and I like re-recorded them like two, three times because I was like, oh, that wasn't good. And then I listened back and every time the first recording was always the best because that was the one that came from the heart, right? Then you do yeah. the second time, you're like, oh, I need to say this differently. And then you try to say it, but it's actually not as authentic. And then we go back to authenticity, right? It's like, I think scripted, you know, Scripts work for when you do a TED talk, right? It has to be exactly whatever, 30 minutes long or whatever it is. And you really have to deliver and you really have to think about it. But in a podcast, we have the freedom as podcast hosts to actually ramble a little bit or make it a little bit more human-like. And I I just think that that adds um, adds to the experience and really actually, you know, it projects you as your actual most authentic self.
0: And the way you you put it, you unlock that, you you give access to your guests of that version of you, and it and something about people not speaking perfectly sounds so much more authentic, right? Yes. Like this is me bumbling through this, but man, this is just what I believe because I haven't had a chance to polish it. So this is just me thinking, and, ri- and we're riffing off of this topic. And we knew the first question, but we didn't know we we're going to get here. And then, and that, but that's okay. And that feels good.
1: Exactly, and I love that, which is like imperfection is also interesting. If people get curious about that, right? People are like, oh, this person. And again, like there are so many other instances where you can be professional and whatever, whatever. But a podcast, a really truly engaging podcast should be a safe space for you and for your guests to be who they are. Because how can you ask your guests to be authentic if you're not authentic, right? You need to also make them feel comfortable by being your true self, you know?
0: Yeah. The, the, the thing you mentioned about the imperfection reminded me a little bit about how so many small brands are, are trying to make themselves so perfect to, to feel like big brands. But at the, at the same time, a lot of big brands are trying to uh, reduce the quality of their images, uh, reduce the quality of video production to make themselves look like more approachable, more authentic little brands. So it's fascinating where if we're trying to be something that we're not, in the end, people just want to know who you are.
1: Exactly. And that's what, I mean, if you think even about advertising and, you know, as a founder, I work with podcast advertising. Um, and so just in general, how the brands want to reach to their customers, you know, in a way more authentic ways these days, which is why, you know, influencer marketing has become such a big thing or podcast advertising, because you're actually, you know, the hosts of the podcast or the influencers are endorsing the products. And even if you now look at over the past two years, how that's changed, it used to be like, here's a paid partnership with, uh, you know, this brand, with Dyson, you know, here's how I curl my hair. And now it's, you; it becomes way more like you're not even actually talking about the product. You're just talking about going out and saying, I have these beautiful curls." So yeah, I use my Dyson to do them, but it's not really about the product anymore. Like it really brands have understood this too. Like people buy authenticity. And even though everybody kind of, and it's a tricky thing, like in advertising, because it's like, I mean, is it authentic? I mean, they are kind of paid to do that, but still the way how the content at least is delivered is as close to authentic as it can be. Um, So yeah, I think that that's that's absolutely true for the brands who are trying to really get there to be more uh, relatable, you know, by their customers too.
0: And we get bombarded by ads that are curated and so perfect and so fake yes. that we tune them out. And then just the other day, I was trying to skip an ad. I, I think I was listening to Joe Rogan or something and he randomly it hopped into his ad rolls. and I'm, normally I just skip, 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 but you know, uh, I didn't have access to my phone or something, I was driving and he was saying something, but what it caught my attention was, He's like, look, this is not just the line that they want me to say. This is true. This is how I feel. I, I don't know if it was about simple greens or some vegetable. I'm like, okay, you know the guy's taking it. You know the guy's taking it too. And he's like, and I want you to take it too. And yes, it's a it's an ad, but I appreciated that so much more yeah. than you know. And, hey, you trusted your hair. By the way, this podcast is now sponsored by Dyson. Uh, you know, like, but like you trusted your hair to the X, Y, and Z. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I just want a little bit of authentic, authenticity there to make sure yeah. that what I'm getting is something that you appreciate too.
1: Yeah, and there's actually now uh, a little trend on social media of like anti-influencers who are basically telling the quote-unquote truth about the some of the products that are very widely recommended by influencers because they've been paid and that's kind of still this whole old uh, way of doing it where they're like, oh, hey, look at this, you know, whatever. That agrees, Like, I love it. I, I drink it every day. It's so good. And then there are some other people being like, actually, it tastes disgusting or whatever. Right. I mean, I don't know if it does. I'm not saying anything about that. Agrees, but what I'm saying is like, these are these people that come and say we are the most authentic ones. We're like the anti-influencers. It's a very interesting trend, I think.
0: See, yeah, it does make me wonder if that uh, I think I have seen posts with like, yeah, this tastes like uh, eating weeds from your garden you know like, oh,
1: like <laughs> it's but, but again imagine if you said like this tastes like freaking grass however it's so good for you that i can take it and after that i maybe drink like a glass of orange juice so that's problem solved right i still like to use this brand even though it's not necessarily the best tasting right like how authentic is that people are like oh okay cool i can tastes it's like grass but it's good for you <clears throat> maybe that's fine right yeah. i mean and, and I think, it's a and, shot Exactly. let's be honest,
0: tequila doesn't really taste that good either. At least the cheap stuff that you're buying, right? You know, it's like, well, yeah. You know, and you and can that manage that. You could probably manage to eat grass for like half a second and be done with it, you know? Chase it with some tequila if you have to, you know?
1: That's, listen, you should work with Athletic Greens and you should do that. Attitude. I should.
0: <laughs> I should. Seek me out. Yeah. <laughs> Call my agent. Exactly. Right, cool. But the, that that moment of just being truthful, it kind of breaks that fourth wall and we pay attention, we listen to it. What, what really works the best in the advertising, in, in the podcast advertising? What do you think when people are doing it right, what, what kind of things are they doing?
1: So first of all, a very big part of a successful ad is just whether or not the match is being whether the brand and the content of the podcast actually match. Right? Um, I mean, I'm super big on like contextual targeting, right? Because we see so many bad ads that are just poorly targeted because they're just targeted based on demographics or location or whatever, not based on content, right? So number one thing, does this ad match the content? And when I say content, I mean content or the host, right? Who the host, like if, like, let's say I love wine, right? So if I worked with a wine brand, that would be perfect because my podcast is not about wine, but I directly talk about having a glass of wine or whatever. So, So it's a great, authentic, good, good match, right? And then I think the secondly, and this is really where Oh, real quick, can can we stop?
0: Don't forget that one. I just want to, before we go to the next one, uh, the brand and the content match. If we start talking about wine on this show, is it because it needs to match the desires of the host or is it desires of the show? Like, would wine be a kind of a miss on a podcast show? Like, I I understand having a, a podcast microphone might be a good ad here, but... But does it make sense for us to advertise a wine partner?
1: That's a great question. And I think the answer is it depends on how much you, as the host of this podcast, have shared about yourself. Like people that actually listen to you, do they know that you actually talk about wine because you're a wine drinker and you frequently go to Napa Valley, whatever, whatever, and you've talked about that before? Then it doesn't matter. Like the content could be we're talking about podcasting and, and all that. But because you as a host have been authentic, you've shared who you are, thus that match is great because then people who listen to your show are actually resonating with you on a level, right? Or maybe you play golf or maybe you, whatever, right? So they resonate with you, which is one of the reasons why they listen to your podcast and not some other podcast that may be about similar topic, right? So so in that way, there is a content match, quote unquote, because it matches you and your personality as a whole. So it can be either about the content or about who the host is. Um, And then the second thing really is the way how the ad read is done. And this is, I mean, you probably all know if you've listened to a bunch of different podcasts, some people are great at reading ads. Like Joe Rogan actually is a really good ad reader, right? He has a lot of ads. They're really long, but he's trying to be very authentic and he actually believes in these products that he's advertising, right? There are a bunch of other ones that do a great job. And then there are the ones that are just reading a script, right? So it's a host. I read a script you can kind of hear it that they're just trying to get through it. So maybe the content match is there. But if the host doesn't even make an effort to really try to make it sound authentic, you're losing out. I mean, you're both both the host is losing out because the has, the listeners go, oh man, like whatever, like he just had to read it. And then the advertiser goes like, well, that wasn't very exciting. We didn't really see a lot of conversion. So I would really always encourage the podcast host, even if you have a script, because some brands, want to make sure that you don't say anything that I wanted to say, whatever. But just at Mm -hmm. least make it sound a little bit more exciting. Not ad-like, just exciting as like, hey, you know what? I'm actually actually super excited to work with this brand. I've actually tasted this product. It is actually really, really good. Here's what it does, X, Y, Z, right? But I honestly was very surprised because I thought it wasn't going to be good, but actually it tasted way better, right? Right. Like just add a little bit of that authenticity. And and I think with those two things, it should be pretty good.
0: (sighs) I was listening to a show the other day. Uh, It was a, it was a YouTube show, but it was kind of like the guy was playing sort of this combat type video, uh, like a game. And, and the the ad was for like uh, a health product. Um, And like tongue in cheek, he was like, well, you know, if you, if you do use this product and your body is like this, then you get more accurate shots in in the game, you know? (laughs) And it was funny. and, And I just, and he says it every time. And so you're like, eh, right, sure. But it, and we know it's not true, but we, it's kind of silly. And so it, for me, it kind of ties in to the game uh, or to, but, you know, to watching his show. It's like on brand for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's great. And humor always works. Honestly, humor, like yeah. I think if you, if you are good with that kind of stuff, and you can be a little bit like tongue in cheek. I think that works really well. There is a podcast. I don't know if you know, it's called Smart Less. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, right. So three Hollywood, you know, um, actors who are just having all these big celebrities on their show and they just shoot shit, right? Like they're just not, you know, there's no agenda. It's just because of who they are. Their personalities really carry the whole podcast and they do great ad read. They're so funny. And they sometimes you can even hear that they like read a script, but they kind of read it like let me read you a script now. But then they'll always inject something of their own. like And, and so it just makes it like a really, really good, fun mix. Um, I think that's And yeah.
0: uh, There's nothing like that when you can have just a, a good ad read and you enjoy it. And it doesn't really interrupt. I mean, it interrupted the show, but at the same time... Um, why don't more yeah. people do it like that, right? Why don't more people... I don't
1: know. I think I'm a big advocate for that, honestly. And you know when people say, whenever I tell them, well, you know, while well, we work with podcast advertising and we're this platform for podcast advertising, they go, oh, you know, a lot. Like, I just want to skip all the ads. They're so annoying when I watch YouTube or I listen to Spotify. And it's like, people don't hate ads. They hate bad ads and poorly targeted ads. So if we are able to fix those two things, Everybody wants to know about new products and services, right? And and brands will always have a need to somehow communicate to their customers, right? We call it ads, but it's literally their stories about products and services, right? That's what they are. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that lately this whole authenticity has become such a big part of advertising that people can no longer be hurt sold on just like buy the sneaker. I mean, Nike isn't even selling you sneakers anymore or, or hmm. workout clothes. They're selling you a dream. A community, uh, whatever, right? Like it's it's just this whole feeling that you're getting when you are in your Nike shoes and you go running.
0: Or Red Bull is selling you adventure. You oh, know? right,
1: yeah, and they're great at that too. Like, yeah, brands have become. I mean, very let me smart. ski
0: off the top of the Matterhorn and see what happens. You know, and, every with every sip of this Red Bull, I I love what you said about man. That is the clip too, by the way. For you know those listening, like that is the short. That is the thing you talking about how people don't hate ads, they just hate bad ads. It's like, amen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And anyone who's been on Instagram and like me has accidentally bought three things within like an hour period of time and not known why, other than like they're really good things somehow glued into my psyche. Like, oh, I need that. I totally need that. And I'm going to get that. I'm going to get it right now. And it was really easy to do. Like, boom, boom, boom. And then when I got to like the third or fourth one, I was like, okay, hold up. What am I doing here? I need to just take a step back. I need to go for a walk. I can't just keep buying things. But like they had it so zeroed in and it was great. So like, yeah, bring on the good ads. I wish TV was like that, right? Hey, interrupt my, interrupt my show with a really cool ad for an entrepreneur about who loves podcasting and this and that. Hey, it's a new podcast microphone. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll take that exactly. 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Great. But don't make it about some weird medicine that I'm never going to take. You know, exactly. like, come on.
1: And I Come think on. the best part about marketing in general, and I'm a big I'm a big I started that's what I majored in when I went to business school like marketing is 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 my job and what I really love about it is that it has a way of creating needs that people didn't know that they had, right? That's like the best kind of marketing. it creates emotions and feelings, and all of a sudden you're so invested in it, and like you said, all of a sudden you're like, I bought this, I don't even know why, but this person's cool. They use this product, whatever. I want to be like them or the story was cool or something. You don't even know why you bought it, but all of a sudden now you have a need to go and get that particular product. And I think it's the same with people with, with selling anything, right? We're marketing your show, right? We're being a great host to where people really buy into you to the extent where they're like, I had no idea I had a need to listen to this person talk about these things, but now I'm so invested, I can't stop, right? And that's when you know you've done it well.
0: Yeah, do you do you know of a, a guy named Destroying? You heard of him? Uh no, actually, no. Okay, so you got to check him out. We'll link to him. Uh, Donald, that's his name. Uh, so he's this uh, former college uh, football player, and he's like the kicker, kicking the football into the uprights and whatnot. I think, or he's a punter. He's one of the... no, he's the kicker. He's the kicker. I wouldn't uh, know
1: because I'm from Europe. Like American footballist.
0: Why? Well, yeah, I have to explain it, right? So this <laughs> is not. This is not soccer. This is, uh, this is football, but either way, he's, he's got a YouTube channel and he's really cool. Like, I don't know. He's just a really cool guy. And so somehow the YouTube gods decided one time when I was like scrolling through YouTube to be like, you need to check out destroying. And, and sure enough, you know, he's on there. And then what, it, there's a particular drink. I'm trying to remember what it, what prime. it was, but what's that? The prime. Is it Prime? No. Well, maybe oh. it is now. But at the time, he was drinking some kind of energy drink. Yeah, I see. Um, what is he even? Um, he's not even promoting it anymore. But like, he was drinking this thing. And I was like, you know what? The next time I was in the store, not right away, but eventually I'm like, all right, let me check this thing out. You know, and I don't know how they're going to measure that. But for sure, I was like, let me check out this energy drink and just see what's happening. Because like, I want to be cool, like destroying. Come on. Exactly. So, yeah, it was like a perfect fit.
1: There's a big power in, in influence, right? And word of mouth. Yeah. And, you know, there are, I mean, for example, Airbnb doesn't do paid marketing, right? 90% of their customers, and 90% of their revenue comes from organic, like, word of mouth, right? Which is yeah. crazy. And it's the most powerful, obviously, for companies, the smartest way to do that. But really very, very powerful, right? Because you trust. And it's so funny how we always say we trust the people who we know. But these influencers, we don't even know them. These podcast hosts, right. we don't know them, but we kind of feel like we do. We feel like we know right. them and we, we, uh, we, we somehow resonate with them and we want to be like them. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a it's right. very primal feeling that we all have, so.
0: Yeah, there's something about it. Um, so this ties into wanting to do it right. Talk about Zvook and what the heck is this thing? Advertising, <laughs> podcasting, what's the deal and, and why should we go get it?
1: Yeah, you know, Zvook, my 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 startup, we are on a mission to help brands reach their customers through audio and do that with just a few clicks. So podcasts are actually, as you may know this, but podcasts are the fastest growing advertising channel, but it's also the only digital channel that you cannot buy online with a click. So if you're an advertiser, you have to reach out to a different podcast networks or different shows separately. You do a lot of back and forth emailing. There's a lot of spreadsheets that are being sent across, PowerPoints, PDFs, rate cards, all that. All of a sudden, you as an advertiser sit there with 10 different rate cards that all look different. And you're trying to figure out, what does my campaign look like? How do I do this? How do I actually compare them? How do, you know, you? it it takes weeks for you to even understand how to get started versus, you know, you go on Facebook and you can buy ads with a click, you know, Google and LinkedIn and YouTube and all these places. And there's this amazing medium podcast and these amazing hosts that are waiting to work with cool brands that are just never being discoverable by brands because of this whole jungle that they have to go through. So we decided to build a platform that makes it super easy for brands to find the most relevant podcast and buy host endorsements with just a few clicks, regardless of the network, regardless of anything else. They go in and literally we've transformed that whole process from weeks
0: two minutes. Man, I love it. Uh, Talk to me about the kind of podcast because I see there's signs you can sign up to be an advertiser and arguably some of the people listening here probably want to be both. Um, But does your podcast need to have a million listens, an episode or? Yeah, Yeah, that
1: was one of the one of the One of the reasons why we wanted to build uh, like an open marketplace was because there are so many smaller podcasts that are a little bit more niche in terms of maybe their content or smaller audience, but are perfect for certain types of brands because there are a lot of niche brands, right? And so we wanted to make sure that the brands easily can purchase ads with those smaller niche shows without doing the whole back and forth, right? And they can buy, instead of one small show, they can buy 20 small shows, but they can do that at just a few clicks in one interface, which makes it easier for them to do, right? And so there's no minimum listenership. Of course, we can't guarantee that the brand is going to go and buy from you, but you are able to go in there. Uh, We've indexed about 2 million podcasts. So if you go there, um, you claim your podcast. You're probably going to find your podcast there and all you have to do is claim it and then indicate certain statistics, put in your pricing. It's completely up to you how you price it. We're obviously happy to give you, you know, any input, but uh, but generally it's you, you are in control of how and what and which ad slots you sell. And maybe you have a newsletter or maybe you have social media presence that you also say, hey, I'm also sharing, I'm also selling, you know, social media mentions, whatnot, you can put it all there. And then you basically wait for an advertiser to confirm a slot with you and you'll get a notification about that. We're working on a lot of features right now to kind of make the whole process even smoother. But right now we have so far sold about 30 million impressions through the platform. So we're very excited about that.
0: Damn. Okay. So pretty much every podcast host listening to this, you should just go check it out. Like I even, I'm looking up the hardcore marketing show. I'll I'll look up this show on there and yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Because it's great. Great for podcasters, like the ones listening, can monetize, but also a lot of folks that I talk to and a lot of folks listening to have brands that could really benefit from advertising on there. Do you ever see any sort of crossover or do the metrics work to, to have uh, podcasters advertise their podcast on another podcast? Yes.
1: I'm so glad you brought it up because it's actually one of the most successful ways to advertise your podcast is on another podcast. Similar podcasts, and there's tons of podcasters that do that, right? Like, you put in, you know, whatever, a hundred dollars in, that's like four, like with an average CPM, that's like a 4,000 person audience. And the reason why I think this is so successful is because you're not asking anybody to buy anything, even, right? You're just saying, Hey, you listen to this content, and the host goes, Hey, here's another right. podcast that's so great. You guys should go check it out. And it's so easy. They're already, you know, listening to podcasts, and they're like, Oh, yeah, great, I'll go and check it out. And so uh, we've seen a lot of success for podcasts that are advertising on other similar podcasts. Love that, and especially yeah, just, you know, uh,
0: right. yeah. Sorry, good <laughs> No, no, it's, I, I'm just like, I'm like fumbling because I just—it's a great idea. Oh, Such thank you,
1: idea. thank you. And especially yeah. you know, we we focus a lot with Bells, our own sort of AR recommendation tool, um, to make sure that the recommendations are based on content, right? So again, yeah, we're kind of trying to go a little bit more away from there is demographics. You're, of course, able to see what is the primary demographic of a particular show. But we're really trying to help you to find the right matches based on the content. And the more users we're going to have, the more data we're going to gather and the more precise recommendations we're able to make. um, And that obviously are going to drive up conversions and then brands are going to come back and the shows are going to get more, you know, repeat advertisers and all that. Because oftentimes, you know, if you go, If you go to, you know, directly, let's say, to a podcast network, for example, oftentimes, I mean, they'll obviously sell you something, right? But you are not necessarily sure whether or not, for example, some other brand already, similar brand, already advertised on this podcast and maybe didn't see a lot of conversion. If you go to a network, of course, they want to sell their inventory, which is completely fair but we'll be able to, based on the data that we gather, are able to say, hey, you know what? Like this actually wasn't so good for a lot of other similar podcasts. It didn't really convert. Here's another one that actually might convert better, right? So we're really helping you to make the most out of it as an advertiser. And obviously then also as a podcaster to be discoverable by really cool brands.
0: Well, this super cool. (laughs) Um, Are there any, like any tips? Because I can imagine people are all like, let me go find my podcast. Um, if you can't find your podcast in the interface you can create one the- there's a button you can create there's one there's a button yeah. okay cool sweet yeah um, and then any best practices for uh, let's say for the podcaster when you first or is it just as much put it on there make sure you're available then let people find you is that sort so of so right best now
1: practice? it is and I wish we we get we asked this all the time it's like what more can I do to be more on the advertisers radar and we have so many really cool ideas and features, but we're a startup and we have limited resources, so we have to build right. one thing at a time. So going forward, you know, in the next year, there are going to be a lot of really, really cool things that are, are going to be available. Um, so right now, what you can do is go sign up, kind of be there, um, and uh, and hopefully, you know, you'll be discoverable by some brands, but going forward, we'll, we'll we'll have some some other cool features and you'll be in the know because you you would be a part of the platform so we'll let you know
0: wow. how do you keep track of the listenership the listens
1: so we get them directly from the podcasts and the networks uh we do ask for for from indie podcasts we we ask a proof of of listenership um and from networks we have great relationship with almost 30 podcast networks uh all the way from like iheart radio to some of the smaller guys and so um yeah we have we have a great sort of built great trust uh, uh, for, for that. And then again, I mean, some people are always like, oh, but you could put anything. Yeah, but listen, if you put, you have a 10,000 listeners and you have 1,000 and an advertiser buys something, you're not going to get, first of all, nobody's going to, like, you're not going to get the money, right? Like you're getting the money once they have actually delivered something, right? And so if you're going to say, oh, oops, sorry, we only delivered 10%, it is obvious that you lied and it's not going to look good on you, right? Um, so I don't recommend to do that.
0: Yeah, and you, I was just browsing. You've got some great people already on on your, yeah. On your platform. Yeah, yeah, well, thank
1: so. you. Yeah, we do, we do.
0: It's very exciting. Yeah.
1: It's a its a very exciting space to be, is be, because I mean, podcasting is just in the beginning. I feel it's like in its infancy when it comes to just content creation, listenership, advertising. It's going to develop so much. It's growing so fast. And so it's a really exciting space to be, as you know, yeah. as as a podcaster. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So good. Where can people connect with you? They want to reach out to you, um, get to the site. Where do, where do you want people to go?
1: Absolutely. So I'm really active on social media. Uh, so on LinkedIn, just uh, Anna Ratala, my name, happy to connect with people. And also just make sure, I always appreciate if people put like a little note, like, hey, I heard you on the podcast. So I, I can kind of, you know, understand who, who these people are. Uh, but I'm usually pretty open to connecting with people. Uh, and, I, and And on LinkedIn, I share... I share some of my sort of story, my founder's story, uh, some some podcasting related things, so kind of more professional content, and then Instagram uh, at Anarathala also, uh, and there's just more my my day to day life, right? Like the the authenticity, the me drinking the wine after a, a yes. long work day, that kind of stuff. So.
0: <laughs> and what's the go-to wine after the long work day?
1: Uh, you know what? I just like going to uh, out on the deck, uh, pouring myself a glass of. Now that we're kind of getting into summer, I, I pour myself a glass of uh, white wine, usually Pinot Grigio, um, and put on some lounge music. Like that's that's what I like. And generally, when I go out, I love rooftop bars.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: so, yeah.
0: Got to get that view in, and you can't go wrong with a Pinot Grigio. Cannot. Thank you so much for coming on here. I had so much fun chatting ads, chatting authenticity, chatting podcasting, maybe a little bit of wine. It's been so much fun. So thank you so much for being on here.
1: Thank you so much, Casey. This was such a fun interview. I really enjoyed it. It definitely felt like we were just hanging out, having a conversation.
0: I know we had that conversation and (laughs) I was tempted for a second to like try to make it more scripted just as like a joke, but like we couldn't help ourselves. We just launched into the conversation (laughs) and then time warp. I love the time warp that happens with podcasting. Sure enough, we find ourselves an hour later and we're like, what just happened? A great podcast is what happens. For those listening, if you learned something, and I know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. I've, I've run out of space. Um, then share this episode with one person, three people, 9,000 people, whatever. That's thought leadership. Get good information to other people with that. Thank you again so much for being on here. Thank you. All right. Everyone, this has been another exciting episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com.